when those guys were testifying before Congress about aliens and the recovered spacecraft, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, biological material that had been recovered, you were thinking about Area 51. I was. There's no, no question. The place is the stuff of legend. And some of those legends are, of course, about alien autopsies and, and crash spaceships and all the rest of this stuff. You ask anybody, what's Area 51? Aliens. Our next guest, though, says, no, if you went to Area 51, you're not going to find aliens. That's not what Area 51 is. He says it's all not true. And he's here to tell us how he knows that it's not true, which I think is interesting because we know a lot of what well, we think we know a lot about Area 51. But you know what? We really don't know anything about Area 51, which is the point of Area 51. But let's find out. We're going to speak with Christopher Nichols, who is a professor of history at Ohio State University. Professor, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Uh, it's good to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you're a national security historian. So give us some history here. What do we know for sure about Area 51? Where is it and what is it? Sure. So first we know, well, wh- how do we know is, is also a big part of that. First we know where it is. Uh, it's uh, about 100 miles uh, from Las Vegas. Uh, in the midst of a major Air Force base. Uh, And it has been highly secret uh, from the whole Cold War all the way up to the present. That's the thing, the secrecy, right? That's that's part of the, I mean, that was why it was designed and that's why it is where it is, is secrecy. That's the key to Area 51. Precisely, yes. So it's inside this larger Air Force base. It's next to a salt flat. It's very remote. It is a great place to test secret military technologies and stolen technologies, in fact, which was something that was happening in the Cold War. And that's the stated reason for it, right? That's what it is. It's a test facility for aircraft primarily. That's the stated reason it exists. Exactly right. That's why it's administered by the Air Force. Uh, It's a remote, uh, detached, administered facility, highly controlled, who can fly over it and and who can uh, even know about it. It was off maps and satellite images uh, for quite a while. And in fact, it was not until 2013 that the U.S. government even officially acknowledged the existence of Area 51. Wow. Okay. Um, When did it get... Or why or when, I guess they probably go together. How did it take on this mythical status that it has now as the home of aliens and spaceships and autopsies? How did that happen? It's a great question. So it's several things. It tells us about culture. It tells us about government and secrecy. Uh, and it tells us a little bit something about what the unknown and conspiracies. Uh, basically, the outlines of how it happened is that in the 40s into the 50s, uh, highly secret uh, balloon technologies, surveillance technologies, and the U-2 spy plan uh, were being um, developed. In April of, of 1955, for instance, that's when the U-2 spy plane uh, was uh, developed and was being uh, tested by the CIA at the Groom Lake test facility, guess where, in Area 51. Now, as some of these were seen by civilians, uh, they had to make up stories. They, they reported seeing odd-shaped uh, planes. In the piece that I wrote um, that probably got your, your interested in this, uh, you know, I talk about some of these odd-shaped spy planes having weird spherical um, middles uh, to hold uh, either different technologies, surveillance technologies, or to hold fuel. Some were titanium and very bright. Some seemed to hover. That was one of the points, uh, so that they could hover over targets, loiter, so that they could see more. Mm-hmm. As people saw these, and they, wore, and they reported them to local officials, uh, they were denied. They said, there's no such thing. It's not there. You know, there isn't even an Air Force base here. And so you see the kind of slow perpetuation of myths about, well, if it's not that and it's traveling faster than I can understand, it must be something.
something extraterrestrial. Right, exactly. And that's what the, that's our qualifiers, right? That That's sort of the way that we look at it. But, you know, you, you make it in the piece. You're right. It was a piece in the conversation that we sort of came across and mm-hmm. thought we'd reach out. Um, you mentioned the stealth bomber, which I think at the time, it, it was tested there. It was developed there. It was otherworldly, I think, when we first saw it, right? Yeah, yeah, the stealth bomber, you know, people will remember this sort of triangular shaped with yeah. the triangular shaped fins in back, all black, painted this weird set of colors it did so that it wouldn't um, radiate uh, or it would disperse radar and, and other surveillance technology. So it would seem essentially stealthy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It looked odd. Same with some of these spherical things. And then the balloons. You know, the, another thing that happened in, in making this, the generating conspiracies was, so some of these balloons crashed actually uh, at other sites. Um, and unfortunately, uh, some some of the search and rescue vehicles also crashed, and so there were injuries. And the government covered them up, uh, and so people saw bodies being recovered from places, and and they weren't officially acknowledged uh, what had happened, what accidents happened, because they didn't want to talk about what was being tested. And so people saw bodies being recovered, and this is how you get, in part, these stories of alien bodies being found on these sites. Gotcha. Okay. Now, in the piece, though, you explain why you won't find aliens there. All the things you're saying are good explanations and they all make sense. But given the secrecy of this, do we know for certain that this doesn't have aliens or crash spacecraft? I mean, how much do we know with certainty? Well, I think that's the that's the million dollar question. We cannot know without right, exactly. And, yes, and the level of secrecy here means that you know you can always cast doubt. You you can <laughs> always say, I can't possibly believe these declassified documents and the the fact that the testing times and the and the reports of crashes match up so closely. Uh, you know, that's it's all somewhat circumstantial, even though you can line it up and you can make a really good argument that in fact you're going to find test test vehicles and 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 cold war uh actions and not uh aliens so what do you when you hear testimony i I, as a guy like you know who has an interest in this i'm sure you're thinking oh boy here we go again this is going to just throw gasoline on the fire right yeah, you know, my big takeaway is that it's partly a product of secrecy, right? And we don't do a good job of kind of explaining the edges of secrecy. You could talk more about uh, what kinds of aerial technologies are being uh, are being tested without talking about them specifically. Or you could, you know, one of the ignominious things here is that the U.S. government did have these tragic accidents and they covered them up because they didn't want anyone to know about the spy planes that were being tested. So that, that you know, I, I like the idea of transparency in these government hearings where we talk about what's really going on there when they verge on these you know very uh very far-fetched ideas about uh alien technologies that you know that's when i think hey why don't we just stick to the facts <laughs> try to be a little bit more honest with the public <laughs> uh, i think you might be right because you just do open up that 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 can of worms if, if there's a lack of information people will fill that void Exactly right. I mean, we know that so much with social media today, oh, totally. for instance. It's, it's, it should not shock us. And now think of since the 40s and 50s having this long amount of examples and, and odd oddities and, and partial videos and all the other stuff. They're going to fill that void with some of the most <laughs> odd <laughs> kinds of possibilities, frankly, and some that are, are less far-fetched. I mean, some of these sightings, which, which we now know what the planes were matching up with them, like the stealth fighters, yeah. we actually know, oh, that was a stealth fighter that was being tested and listed as a UFO. You're absolutely right. Yeah, eventually we did learn some of those things. Christopher, uh, great conversation, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time today. Great talking with you. Thanks so much. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.